Oh, well, hello there. This is episode two. As you can see, RJ is gone, and we are, we're going to have fun. We're going to, the boss is gone. It's going to be girls gone wild here. Fez is going to take his shirt off. Woo! Fez. Woo! Where are the atmosphere models? I was you are the atmosphere here. model. You are the model tonight, Fez. Uh, but we're going to get into right. we're going to get into some college football. Uh, McKenzie's going to talk some FIBA World Cup, and we're going to Fez is going to break down some stuff NFL Week Three, I guess NFL X Week Three preseason Week Three uh, as well. Uh, but let's start in college football and. As college football approaches, we're all excited to get into the action, and DraftKings is hooking you up. Uh, this week, new customers can bet just $5 on any college football game, and you get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you use the promo code RJ at sign up. That's $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5 on college football only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code RJ. All right, let's take a look. Fez, you, we, we had our college football pod. Uh, and Scott and I both gave a best bet. We're going to have you grade our best bets here uh, for week zero. College football, A.J. Hoffman and I did the Dream Preview College Football Edition. You can find that right here on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed. And Steve Fezzik, we wanted to run our best bets by you and get your thoughts for week zero of the college football season. You up for it? Love it. So, AJ, would you like to start with your best bet that you gave out on the podcast? Yeah, I'll go, uh, I'll go first here. I went with Jacksonville State, Fez, against UTEP. I think Jacksonville State is they're, – they're, I think they're going to have a big home field advantage, first of all, playing their first F, uh, FBS game. I think the, the crowd there will be excited. But I think also their offense is ready to eat. It's just ready to come out and, and be thrown right into Conference USA, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good to go. The defense going to be rough, but I think in this situation against UTEP, I think they're going to be able to have some early success. Uh, I think they're going to be able to run the ball, and I think they have a big coaching advantage with, uh, with, with Rich Rod over Dimmel. So Jacksonville State plus one will be my best bet for week zero. I have a question on this. All right. I imagine most of the schools, the answer is yes. Do you have a list of, especially week zero and, and one, which schools the kids are back on campus and which schools they're not? I do not have that list. Would you agree that could make a difference in the home field advantage if they're on the quarter system and the kids aren't back? I would, but I assume by the time football season, I mean, you're talking like most schools have already been in for a couple weeks. Like this is... I went to Northwestern. We're on the quarter system. We didn't start till like September 10th. So are you saying, like, when Northwestern plays their first game, you don't think there will be any fans in the stands? Well, there wouldn't be regardless because we're <laughs> Northwestern, especially as down as our program is. But, yes, it would be it would make a significant Fall classes difference. at Jacksonville State begin August 23rd. Excellent. So the crowd will the be there. rabid crowd of, um, you know, Jacksonville State isn't even in Florida, right? It's, I believe it's Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. yeah. Well, any, any – Which is the Florida of the North, they call it. Any – any, any Football school in in Alabama is going to give it. It's going to have a good crowd. Yes, the stadium. I, uh, let's see how many twenty four thousand fans. I in the little hamlet of Jacksonville, Alabama. Um, I have nothing on Jacksonville State. I I have no opinion. So your grade on me is a neutral. It incomplete. Okay. What, what about the total? Because I, I've seen the total get steamed up in this game, and now it's as high as fifty four when it was as low as fifty one at one point. Yeah, I, I think that this is irrational exuberance. You know what? Every single team, we're going to play faster. We're going to play up-tempo. We're going to play aggressive on defense. We're going to look to get takeaways. We're going to practice lateraling the ball. Defense is going to find a way to score. And then every year, what happens? Snooze fest, and all the games go under. So last year, let me see. Oh, it's this. The first 11 games of the year, 9-2 and two to the under. Mm. Year before. 13 and 3. This is week 0 and week what I call week 0. 0.5, mm-hmm. the Thursday and Friday, yeah. the Thursday after the week 0. So um if you want to go ahead and, you know, go to war playing overs, you know, you, you got a good number right now in Jacksonville State. I came in and I played under 54, very happy with that position. Also, Jacksonville State, they were at some they were at one point in the summer one and a half point favorites as high as a two and a half point favorites and now they are a one point dog in this game. 
Yeah, um, I have no power rating on those teams. I will pass on the side. Well, speaking of line movements, uh, you're going to yell at me for my best bet, but I will preface this by saying, at the time of recording the podcast, as Steve Fezzik likes to say, no one likes to talk about bets in pocket. We can only provide what is actionable at the moment for our audience. Totally irrelevant. And so what the number was in May. Does the audience care that I could have got the Ohio Bobcats at four and a half point dogs? They don't care because I gave out Ohio at plus two and a half for this game against San Diego State. There was an uncertainty about their quarterback, Rourke. Yes, he would play, and so. he is playing. Curtis yep. Rourke is going to start. He was the max leading passer last year by the time he got hurt, threw for 21 touchdowns, completed almost 70% of his passes. He also rushed for four touchdowns. He's coming off the injury, so I don't know how healthy he is as far as running the football, but with the playmakers they have on the outside and solid running back in Bongora, with Curtis Rourke playing and starting confirmed, I like Ohio in this game it's on not, the road. It's not an NFL game. The three and the four are not nearly as important. Well, the three isn't as in the NFL. But the two and a half is in college football because of the overtime ruling of two-point conversions. Yes. You can win and lose a game by two points it, should it get to the third and beyond overtime. Why, for those who have forgotten and have been used to watching the XFL, um, familiarize everyone with the college football overtime rules one more time? Once you get to a third overtime, it is no longer possessions from in, from the 25. Instead, it's a two-point conversion contest. So you score by threes and sixes for two for the first two overtimes, mm-hmm. and then you go two, then, two, then, two, then you go two, shootouts. Two, two. You go soccer shootouts, but there were two instead of one. Well, yes. remember, first overtime... You, you have the option to kick an extra point. Second overtime, you're forced to go for two. Third, Third overtime, overtime shootout you don't even need a touchdown. Versions. It's yeah. just two. Yep. So you can – you can. it's it's less likely to have a game that is under the whole time, goes in the triple overtime, and you're like, oh, man, I'm burned because they scored 40 points in overtime. Unless you're going 4-4-4-4-4-4-4, four, 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 four. It, it's not going to be that drastic. But the two-and-a-half is valuable now because – No no question. If it does go to a third overtime – you're guaranteed the cover. Yes, and you know it's 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 getting to the point where plus three and a half becomes a bad beat if uh, you go overtime. And I mean it was a bad beat anyways, but now it's becoming yeah. bigger. Yes, bigger bad beat. Yes, and I will say this about San Diego State: so much turnover with this roster. That's the type of team I want to pick on in the first game of the season because I don't know how it's all going to come together over the course of the season. They could very well be very good once they gel. In week zero, first time seeing a different opponent other than practicing against yourselves, uh, I'm going to pick on those teams. Well, I have good news for you. I, too, I didn't give out to my clients because I was worried they'd take away my sharp card. But in my pocket, I did play Ohio plus the two and a half because I had not gotten to it before. And I looked at it and I was like, they're going to win this game. And further, I'd be worried about. You know, a bunch of kids from Athens, Ohio, going to San Diego in November. 78 degrees on Saturday. Yeah, 78 in San Diego, 78, and it's probably hotter in Athens. So That's what I talked. I talked about this on the college football pod. I explained how in the first game of Snapdragon Stadium, which is where San Diego State plays, they opened up a brand-new stadium, right? And they didn't build shade coverings on top of the stadium. Well, it's always beautiful in San Diego. But in the first game— it was like 100 degrees. Kids were passing out of heat exhaustion. They were huddling against the walls trying to get Those some kids shade. Were soft. And they had to they had to like bring in paramedics and and give out free water to people because the heat was just too much that it forced them throughout the season. They then built canopies. Uh, so we're so they're in the to show. have shade coverings at the new stadium. But I checked the weather for San Diego this weekend: seventy eight degrees. Don't have to worry about the heat. Outstanding. All right, Fez. So we talked about week one, week zero. You you, you typically like the under. How's the market moved generally from? The opening numbers to now on these totals. Now, this is fascinating. So what has happened is that the average total being dealt has generally drifted slightly downward. All right. The current average is 54 points, 54.01, actually. And it was a little bit higher, you know, before. So it's gone down almost a point on average. But here's the interesting thing. Week zero, and again, it's a small sample size, so there's uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven games. 
the total's gone up. So the total opened at 53, and it's up to 54.2. So we've seen um, some steam on games like USC, all the way up to 50 to 66 and a half. Uh, Jacksonville State up to 54. So my take is, is, you know, part of this is that the good story tends to get steamed up more than the sharp bet gets steamed downward. So when the word gets out, someone's going to run up tempo or they're going to go faster. It creates a very fast line move upwards in the totals market. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't see how we can see this continue. And the reason being is I did research on the last three years, week zero, week one half, and week one. So that's Saturday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday again. What was the average totals being dealt? So uh, two years ago, the average total was 57. Uh, Last year, 55.3. I'm going to average those, call that just a shade above 56. Now, the average total being dealt is 54.0. So it's two points, call it two points lower than what it was the last two years. So you could say, well, what's the rules change going to be? The clock's going to go tick, tick, tick after a first down when normally it would be stopped and you were in bounds. I'm estimating that to be 2.8 points. So I think the average total should be 53.2 versus the 56 that it was the last two years on average. But there's one other piece of data that trumps all this. Every game goes under. Mm -hmm. So the last two years, last year, um, games 26 uh, unders, 15 overs. And the year before, 2021, 47 games, 36 of those went under, almost 75%. So if you want to buck, so, so in other words, the adjustment hasn't been what it should be. And if they had dealt, even if they had made the right adjustment, these numbers from the last two years have been significantly too high in the first two weeks of football. Why are the defenses ahead of the offenses? Why is scoring down so much? I don't know. It's it's um, it just is, and I'm not going to like overthink it. the uh, The offenses aren't ready to go. Teams are too conservative. I'm going under again on a whole bunch of games. So let's talk about one of the the totals I'm interested in is New Mexico State, and New Mexico State is uh, they their total opened at 45 and a half against UMass. And you and I discussed this game. We bet it at 44, went under 44. The total dropped all the way to 42 and a half. And we said, oh, this is great. Things are looking good for us. In the last couple, couple days, it's gone up to 45 again. Yeah, so what, what's the, what, where does this money come from, and should I be concerned about my CLV? A winning college football um, originator. Gave out over, and he moves the marketplace, and so it went up to forty-five. This um, he gave out over forty-two and a half. Yes, so okay. I'm not as concerned about it because, um, you know, let's face it. There's there's going to be people on the over, and I'm sure like his fundamental analysis probably called on one of the teams to be an over team. Um, I still think that the the um, directionally, you're not going to make money playing overs, and he got a good number. I think uh, I went ahead and played more under at 45. Okay, so, so yeah. you're not you're not concerned about the move. I'm I'm I'd much rather be down to 40 already, but yeah. it, but it, it represented an opportunity to be able to dollar cost averaging, Scott. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 you, you fade a stock and it goes up, and you just you know you you shorted some more. And one of the uh, the totals that we liked early in the off season was the Notre Dame Navy. Uh, it's basically set where it has been all season or all off season. So right around 49 and a half. Uh, I know sharps are on different sides of this number. Are you still feeling good about the under? And, and is it mostly because of the historical under trend? Well, the historical under is good. It may rain in Dublin. The high is going to be 60 degrees. That's good. Um, the uh, Notre Dame Navy has been a series that's been higher scoring, including one game that was to start the season. So people are pointing towards that. You know, this is this is fascinating because, like, I'm getting, like, a message. Our own hitman wants to go over. So he went over against me, mano a mano, two mm. dimes, Ooh. 50 and a half. He's over. I'm under. Uh, friend of the show, Brad Powers, same thing. I got that bet against him, but this is interesting. So I get a little DM message from a sharp eye. Don't know personally, but he's a sharp guy, and he's like, "You think you can give me a piece of that under fifty and a half that you're you're betting against Ooh. those guys?" I'm like, "Sure." He's like, "Can you give me 
and he threw out a number that was a big number, and I don't even know him. And I said, I can give you this, you know. So, I, so I, I sloughed off three eighths of my my hitman and uh, Brad Powers <laughs> bet. Um, just uh, so I've got a, a sharp liking my side. Irish uh, up to twenty one now instead of twenty and a half. So the Irish are up to twenty one point favorites. Speaking of big favorites, what's your take on massive favorites early on in the season? Because we do have a trend, and I'll give it to you in just a second with. 30 or more point favorites at home in these non-conference games. We have USC, 30-and-a-half-point favorite on Saturday. On Thursday next week, UCF, a 36-and-a-half-point favorite. And you have Michigan, a 36-point favorite over East Carolina in week one. Oklahoma, 35 points over Arkansas State. Let me guess, they always murder their opponents also. Since 2014, Favorites of 30 or more, home favorites of 30 or more in non-conference games, game one. So it's their first game of the season. 27-10-2 ATS, 73%. Going back to what year is that? 2014. No. Last season, 7-0 and ATS. This is courtesy of Mark Lawrence. And the average winning score last season, 52.3 to 10.6. It, do- it doesn't surprise me. It sure seems like everybody catching 40, like they should be catching 60, all right? because their opponent could beat them by 60. Yeah. They all cover. Like Alabama just hands the ball off in the second half. And these teams catching 30 get murdered. And it, it, this goes back, it's almost a fez tale, from years and years ago. In Back when we played parlay cards back in the 1990s, it seemed like early start times on Saturday, we were always catching Duke like plus 31 and a half against Florida State. And national anthem, you know, 28 nothing. You know, then at halftime, like this just in. Seminoles punched in another one during <laughs> the halftime show. It's now fifty-five to three against Duke. I mean, we lost. Like we had all this closing line value. We'd be playing all these plus thirty-three and halves, and they'd close thirty half. And we're like, what idiot is cutting in line to bet Duke plus thirty-one to knock this thing down? I, I mean, I'm with all of these. Like Alabama against Alabama's thirty-nine and a half point favorites over Middle Tennessee. Alabama doesn't. 40 is the magic number yeah. now. Al, you don't lay 40 with Alabama. Texas. You play, first, you play first half, Alabama. Texas, 35-point favorites at home over Rice. But here's the thing. like When you when you look at Texas, a 35-point favorite over Rice, Alabama's 39-and-a-half. Mm-hmm. Those teams play each other the next week. Sure. Like, that, that's, a, that's an example of maybe a reason to not back them. Yeah, it seems like a perfect reason not to because if I'm Texas and I'm or, up 28 points – or, I'm not showing you got you got to be is your belief that the backups come in and try and they get their moment in the sun and Guys, they want to score. Gentlemen, why would we possibly want to gamble on games like this? We can just watch the game and assess the situation and bet late in the third quarter and take the dog when they're down 39 nothing catching 10 and a half. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh of course, if you want if if you fancy yourself a college football expert like uh, Steve Fezzik here, who Scott and I do the college football pod. We're supposed to be the college football experts. Guess what? Fez beat us last year anyway. Fez led the world, at least the pregame world, in college football units one last year. 44.9 college football units. That's a, a strong season, Mr. Fezzik. I got a strong team that I'm working with, and you you kicked my butt in the NFL, so there you go. Well, you know? there's a, uh, a chance... For the listeners out there to beat you and win a thousand dollars on top of it, uh, it's the Beat Fez at College Football Contest. Five hundred dollars for first place, and five hundred dollars if you earn more than Fez. Uh, if you win the most, if you win the most college football units on the season, five hundred cash. What if nobody beats me? No winners. Then, right? Well, if whoever wins the most would get the five hundred. That's if not nobody fair. beats what you did I last year. I should get the five hundred. If if nobody well, you beats can, your you can keep the bonus five hundred. Yeah. If you, no one beats your forty four point nine right. units, yeah. If no one can beat that forty four point nine, then the, they only get five hundred. If they win forty five units, though, you got to give them another five hundred. What if they win fifty and I win fifty three this year? Doesn't yeah, matter. It's, last all, it's against number. last year's number. Mm-hmm. You set your bar. All right. The bar is set. All right. Uh, so there's it's up to a thousand dollars cash you could win, and it's free to enter. Just go to pregame.com. Click on the contest to find the Beat Fezzik College Football Contest. Action kicks off Saturday, so you want to start beating Fezzik? Do it now. There's your chance to win $1,000 cash. You know, I have a slight complaint. Give it to me. I hate to do this because, you know, I love circus sports. Love them. They do everything right. 
Okay. They talk about the app crashing yesterday. There is Ooh. a no. That's fine. I mean, that's they, they're just signing up so many people for the contest and the like. But they're having a panel for the week. I think it's a great idea. So they're going to have a, a college football panel discussing you know all the teams and and breaking it down. Is this Mike Palm's? Panel? Yeah, Mike yep. Palm does a tremendous job. I love these guys. But the panel is at three to five on Saturday. That's During week zero games and what? Pre, and preseason and so like opportunity for improvement. Um, would love to have seen it Friday night. Would love to have seen it Saturday morning. I would have taken off, you know, the Navy um, Notre Dame game because I'm probably going to be spazzing out live betting it. And like, if I look to be on the wrong side, maybe I'll be chucking in bets on the Irish and the over. But um, I mean, the, well, the, 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 we're, we're, there's too many games. There's too much going on. And with preseason, also, I can't I can't be driving downtown. I assume what their strategy is is you come to Circa for the Notre Dame game in the morning. When that game ends, you have your panel from three to five, and when the panel's over, you're just in time for USC to kick off. Mm. People um, who are diehard fans watch all the games. Yeah, I got it. I got my own set of problems, Fez. Talk the, to me. Uh, the UFC is yes. in Singapore on Saturday. You going? No, I'm not going to Singapore on Saturday. If that's what you're asking me. Oh, it's like four thirty in the morning. It's an early start time. On Saturday, so I'm in a, a weird spot because I want. Of course, I want to watch college football, but by the time I mean, I, I, the only game it's going to affect is the Notre Dame game. Really, I'm probably going to be watching fights instead of the Notre Dame game because I want to be more invested in the fights than I am in the Notre Dame game. 5 a.m. Pacific time uh, start time for this, the fights, so I'm going to be up early, man. This is going to be tough. Mm. Can't you just well worth can't it? Can't just miss the first four undercard bouts and get and show up. Good, but like, that's where get, you got to hunt value, Fez. The early, I mean, the the main event. You're, you're saying that you can't miss UMass New Mexico State, but you're asking AJ to miss the undercard. It's a big game. A lot of sharp money on UMass. Yeah. That's looking a lot like, of sharp money on whatever fighter is fighting on the third fight of the night. Yeah, Fez, come on. All right, fair enough. Fair, <laughs> the, the thing the thing is is like I I really want to watch all these because this is where the money is to be made. People disagree with me, but they're wrong. Um, we don't know what the power ratings are on these teams. So if we can identify a team that's clearly valued wrong, how good is Iowa State? I mean, it's like the whole state is like addicted to gambling, apparently. <laughs> I mean, Iowa State could absolutely stink. I find it hard to believe, though, you know, that Ames, Iowa is some hotbed of underage gambling. No, you know? but they're just the dumbest at doing it. Or they have the greatest compliance department in the U.S. No, it's just the kids are doing it on campus and inside the football facility. I, and you know, being tracked. I'm guessing if they did it in Nebraska, there'd be like, all right, we're going to have like an emergency meeting and the, with our dorm president and uh, no, 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 no more of that. Yes. All right. You said uh, sharp money on UMass. It pushed that number down to six and a half. I told myself I was going to bet New Mexico State at seven. I mean, it wasn't at seven for very long. I still haven't made a bet. Is it going to keep going? Can I no. get six? No. Lay, lay it now. Lay six and a half now. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, yes. I feel good about that. I, I like New Mexico State in this game. So uh, I like that I'm getting under seven. So, all right. Well, that's enough college football talk until the games actually get played. We'll bring in McKenzie Rivers now uh, to discuss the FIBA World Cup starting this week. McKenzie this is a, I mean, I guess this is like what they do. You can explain it better than I do. This is what they do in uh, off Olympic years. So every second year they do this, and then every every other two years they do the Olympics. Is that how it works? Yes, that's right. Okay, so let's talk about the, the roster construction for Team USA. Is this essentially like what they're hoping to go into uh, the Olympics with in two years? No, I think over the years, the USA construction, their team's a little bit differently. Notice no uh, Devin Booker here, no Jason Tatum. Some of our best players that are kind of more established aren't there. And instead, you have guys like Mikhail Bridges, who, you know, last year was a role player. Now he's expected to be a superstar. Jalen Brunson, almost the same story. Anthony Edwards is probably their best player. He's taking a big leap. So it's almost like in soccer they have where if you, when you go to the Olympics, you have an under-23 team where the idea is this isn't the biggest event in the world. The Olympics is coming up in two years, but this is the guys we think can take the next level, and it's a great opportunity for them to get the experience to do so. So from your understanding, how much of that is Kerr's decision and how much of it is the the top guys in the world just aren't interested in playing in this? I think it's more of the latter. It's, it's, it's the culture that's been set up where 
uh, you know, how big is the carrot that you're chasing? It's a lot bigger for guys like Mikhail Bridges than it might be for a guy like Jason Tatum. That's what it feels like. Because, like, you've got listed here the expected starters, Jalen Brunson, Mikhail Bridges, Jaron Jackson Jr., Anthony Edwards, Brandon Ingram. Like, where do those guys rank in your, like, your top players in the in the NBA rankings? Like, or how many of them are in the top 20 even? Any? Uh, none. Uh, Anthony Edwards is making a He's strong case. But, yeah, they're all 25 to 45 guys. I mean, it just feels like US, the USA is not uh, is not taking this seriously yet. They're a massive favorite. They are the, the favorites to win this tournament, right? And like a, a minus money favorite, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, massive money, and they've impressed during the exhibition season. They've gone from minus 110 to now minus 145 favorites. There's a plethora of teams in the 9 to 10 to 1 range, Canada, France, Australia, but it's really USA versus the field. Oh, is, is Canada the second favorite in this thing? Yes, 9 to 1. Shea Gilgis Alexander, in my rankings, is the best player in the tournament. Oh, actually, never mind. Luka Doncic is there, but Slovenia is down in the list, sixteen to one for Slovenia. All right, the first game for the USA is on Saturday. That's August twenty sixth. Uh, this line can't be right. The USA is taking on New Zealand, uh, and I'm seeing thirty five and a half points they are laying, and they are minus four thousand to win the group. Yeah, they got a cakewalk. They are going to be styling through Group C. Uh, Frodo's not walking through that door. New Zealand has no chance. Minus 35 and a half. And uh, you can actually bet USA to finish first, Greece to finish second, which if you look at the roster seems pretty likely. And you get 12, you get, uh, it's only minus 1,200 instead of minus 4,000. So and, and you get a little Gre- bit of a discount. Greece, I assume the fact that Greece is like USA's minus 4,000, Greece doesn't have Giannis is the assumption here, right? Yes, there was a little bit of a question mark, but. Giannis out for FIBA 2023. All right. So the question is, does Anthony Edwards, like, is this his his star maker moment? Like, we've seen this happen before. Like, international tournaments can really create superstars. Anthony Edwards has a big chance to do that. He looked incredible in that last uh, warm-up game where he went on the the, the wild run to, to bring them back to beat Germany. So uh, I'll just ask you, like, you, do you feel comfortable that the U.S. is going to uh, to take this thing down, McKenzie? I do. I always think there's a little bit of value on the U.S. I mean, they haven't lost since the Redeem team was needed, since they really started taking this seriously and Coach K got involved. Uh, I mean, if you look at the best player on Canada, he might be as good or better than the best player in the USA. You can go down the list. Rudy Gobert might be in the confrontation of some of the best guys in the USA, but we have five of those guys. I think if we have a little bit of focus, we take it. All right, McKenzie, what is the market for the MVP? I assume Anthony Edwards, the best player, the presumed best player on the presumed best team, is the favorite, right? Yes, plus 280, Jalen Brunson, 7-1. to one. Then Shea Gilgis-Alexander, easy for me to say, SGA. He's probably the best, best player that has a chance to win it. He is 10-1. to one. Okay. Yeah, I, I would normally say, like, just play Anthony Edwards, right? Because plus 280 is juicier than minus 135 or whatever. Yeah, but I don't know. Give me a piece of that Jalen Brunson 7-1. to one. Why? Because he plays for the Knicks? Because <laughs> this is his only chance to win something. That's true. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Oh, What? Is that Fezzik? Are you pushing the button? Yeah, I'll take whatever the Novig is. I'll take the world. <laughs> Give All me right. the world. Uh, well, I mean, that's a good question, Mark. So I'm seeing minus 125 posted at DraftKings, minus 145 at FanDuel. What do you think the no odds should be? So the U.S. is minus 135 consensus? Yes, yes. We'll, we'll call it pick them. Pick them. All right, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Does that Oscar guy still play for Brazil? <laughs> I, I don't know. Good. You know what? I hope McKenzie's right. Here. I hope he's I'm still back alive. In McK- I'm back in McKenzie on this square ball. Oh, he's getting. You're getting a good fez. I'm back in McKenzie. Huh? I'll be singing "Oh Christmas Tree" on this. I, I, I'm. Uh, I'm not going to wager on this joke. Inside joke. I don't know anybody's <laughs> roster except the Canada. U.S. <laughs> but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the uh, USA here as well. I, I, I don't. I'm not going to. I'm not going to fade you, Fez. Homers. I. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, Fez, I am. I'm a proud American. Sorry you're not. Uh, hey, I listen to Hulk Hogan's theme song. McKenzie the and uh, McKenzie and Scott, proud Americans. You're not. I'm sorry. That's terrible for you. We'll put a boot in your ass. So the I'm American way. I'm hoping that the Team USA takes this thing down. Thank you, McKenzie. Thank you. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a salary chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. 
I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect, is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. Mr. Steve Fezzik, who cashed his NFL preseason game of the year with the Washington Commanders plus two over the Baltimore Ravens. Washington went on to beat the Ravens outright, snapping their 24-game preseason winning streak. Good morning, Fez. People asked me, did I have the right side? You know what? Anyone who had Washington plus two and a half, I'd argue definitely had the right side. Anyone who had them plus two, eh, Probably plus one half, real dicey, real, real dicey, you know, and, and two, one and two are key, key numbers in the preseason. There's no doubt about it. Because they, no one wants to tie because there's no overtime and you get to a situation where they'll go for two yes. at the end. Yeah, if they, they're down one, they go for two. Yeah. If they get it, they go up one. The other team comes down, kicks a field goal, wins by two. And ultimately, you know, that's um, the it's the rare case. You know, some books, they let you buy onto the two and the one. Most books overcharge you and charge you 10 cents, but some books, like, they look at the true pricing and they'll let you buy for cheap, and you know what? It's actually a bargain. I actually looked at a couple of books that they they don't allow you to buy on preseason. Hmm. So I was looking to see what you can get Washington at, and then I just took it at the one and a half. But um, when you looked at that game, that was one of the biggest steam moves of the week in preseason week two. Yeah, so Washington opens plus four, uh, the Sharps take it. It goes down to three. Then power move our own hitman. Gave out plus three and immediately moved it to two. It sat around for two, leaked down to one half, one to one half, and then it got there was a war. War war of the betters. So <laughs> there one group of betters were taking Baltimore minus one, Baltimore money line. Another group of betters was taking Washington every time it hit two, you know, back the other way, boom, boom, you know, in both directions. The late, late money pushed it down to one. You know, and the interesting thing is Baltimore easily could have won by two. It would have been interesting to see how much the books would have lost had it landed on that two. Yeah, because Washington won for two and missed it. So it was 28-26. So it was a two-point game. And there was a fourth down on the final drive. Fourth and 11. Fourth and 11. Pass interference gets called. Very, extends very the Washington questionable drive. pass interference. And there was just enough time for three runs. <laughs> and uh, they trot out the, the, the field goal kicking mule. Um, and for an automatic, you know, forty-three yarder, and so um, Washington could have lost by five, but it's like worst case scenario. Everything had to go wrong at that point for Washington to lose by five. Um, Washington probably, and you know, they were down two. You know, uh, the quarterback played very well um, in the first half, yeah, and threw a touchdown at the end of the first half, which was key. The, yes, uh, two of them in the final two minutes. Um, 
Washington did get a very fortuitous interception, not just in the end zone on a uh, 50-50 ball that was more 65-35 to the offense, but they ran it back 50 yards <laughs> afterwards. So did I have the right side? Uh, you know what? I'll say this. Washington celebrated like they had just made a pl- gotten into the playoffs based upon this win. It's funny after they talked about how stupid this record was, and it's like a, it's dumb that the Ravens even care about it. And then Jahan Dotson said, "I feel like we just won the biggest. Pre- we just had the biggest preseason win in the history of the NFL." Yeah, your best and, wide receiver got hurt, but McLaren, but he'll he'll probably be okay. And, and Sam, right? Sam Cosme, the guy who like started the, all the talk about how stupid it was. He's doing the gritty in the end zone. Yeah. Like they just won the Super Bowl. Joey like, Sly held up the L. Uh, come you know, on, like, bro. <laughs> come on. This reminds me of the Hoop Dreams movie. Remember when when King High School is 26-1, and one, and they're playing in the playoffs, and they get upset, and the team that beats them, you know, they're in their locker rooms. Let those guys know now they're 26-2. 26-2 <laughs> now. Yeah. I, w- I wonder if this makes Washington targets now during the regular season. Uh, to me, this just uh, all this tells me is Washington's going to be a joke. They like, might be an over team. You know, the fact that they Baltimore didn't play their starters on offense and still put up 14 in the first half against them um, and Howell's playing better than expected. Maybe Washington's going to be higher scoring than we expect. Maybe. Uh, let's talk about some of the other moves that occurred throughout the week. We'll start with Philadelphia and Cleveland, which saw this game move uh, from minus one to minus four, and the game ended in an 18-18 tie. This game did not hurt my feelings, as I did fade the line move. I came in on Cleveland plus the four, and uh, the Brownies came through for me. So next uh, sharp move was on Miami, who... Let's face it; it did not. Uh, it did not take much. They handled business twenty-eight to three. They handled the Texans. Where were, where were you on this move? Yeah, so I did not give this out to my clients. I wish I had. You know, the, that's another one. The Hitman got to. He had a huge week. Um, the Tua and um, Cheetah played, and basically uh, Miami jumped, jumped on them from the get-go. All the money uh, closed to pick. And it could have closed Miami minus 24 and a half, and they would have covered because Houston was a complete and utter no-show. AJ, you're from Houston. I know you're not allowed to attend any of the games anymore because of um, inappropriate behavior, et cetera. <laughs> however— Don't make it out like he was Deshaun Watson. I mean, come on. However— <laughs> Yeah, not that kind of inappropriate. Uh, this was not your best, your Texans' best work in the second half when you're getting blasted in preseason by a playoff team. The bad team is supposed to win the fourth quarter. Uh, that didn't happen. No, and it's funny because— Leading up to that game, there were a lot. There was a lot of uh, a lot of positive feelings about what the Texans were doing this offseason. and like they like there was there was actually people starting to get excited. And I think not not just lo- like losing a preseason game is whatever. I think getting absolutely smashed in a preseason game kind of painted some red flags and made people go, okay, maybe maybe we're not there yet. Maybe it can get there. But it's not there yet. Yeah, and these rookie quarterbacks, Strout, not looking good. Um, Young, not looking good for Carolina. Um, Richardson didn't even play because he's locked up the starting role. I'm not optimistic about any of those quarterbacks. Speaking of Indy, they were on the right side of the sharp movement, going from two-and-a-half-point favorites to five-point favorites, beating uh, Chicago 24-17. Yeah, little points point spread hijinks at the very end as it looked like this sucker was going to land four and we talked about how Washington almost could could have failed on their final drive and given up a late field goal. Well, that's exactly what happened in this game <laughs> as the Bears did not get it done on their final drive and India just enough time to have to kick the meaningless field goal to win by seven. And thus, everyone covers laying two. Laying five didn't matter. Nothing is meaningless in the preseason, Fez. Denver, San Francisco, the second sharp money loss of the week, and I'm I'm very intrigued of your thoughts on this because the movement from minus one to minus three and a half had to do with San Francisco starting Brock Purdy in this game. So no, I'm I'm going to come over the top and say this is one and one. So what happened is that Denver did the original move went from one to two and a half to three and a half. It went all the way up to four and a half. All right, but then. Money and I think McKenzie actually reported in our in our group text that um, based upon the latest information, the money came in on the 49ers and it closed three and a half. So money mm. money buyback on the Niners late with Purdy playing. Um, McKenzie, did I get that right? Exactly right. And so I'd argue, yeah, the early money 
the sharp money lost on Denver, and you could say, well, there's a lot more of that sharp money on Denver. It moved from minus one to minus four and a half. But, well, it moved at the opener. Now, the late money, when the limits are higher on these games, not that they're all that high, was all on San Francisco. And, like, San Francisco in the first half was three and a half. San Francisco closed the first half um, plus a half. So there was a three-point first half move, and that speaks volumes about how much more confident the betters are in Purdy than their other quarterbacks. Having said that, um, you know, this guy Trey Lance, he uh, made a strong case for being the backup quarterback for the Niners, leading the Niners back from the dead to an outright victory. So we had two sharp moves in this game. We had the steam up to four and a half, and then the move down to three and a half. Ultimately, I'd argue we had one sharp move. I I think the Niners Mm. move was, given the latest information, was indeed the sharp move. Um, And But the fact that the first half, like I said, closed just Denver minus a half, spoke about the betters had confidence in Purdy, not the other two quarterbacks for San Fran, and maybe they um, should have had more optimism. All right, let's go now to the Seattle Cowboys game where Seattle was minus three and a half. Massive move, uh, goes to seven, and Seattle gets the job done. They win 22-14, Fez. Didn't watch the last 18 minutes of the game. I know Seattle was up three. And I looked at the final score, and I saw they won by eight. And I was like, and Dallas didn't score. And I was like, hmm, someone hit a two-run homer? What happened here? <laughs> so I, I don't have all the details, but um, I can tell you this. A whole lot of people would have been happier with Seattle winning by six and not by eight um, because a lot of people were you know, teasing Seattle downward or playing the money line, and the people playing Dallas were catching the seven, and they did not get their medal. Yeah, there was a punt that was blocked for a safety. Does teasing in the NFL, like in NFL preseason, is that like uh, is that not frowned upon? There's some books that don't allow it. It's 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 not. It's so advantageous that it's getting harder and harder to, for any books to take six point minus one twenty teasers. I couldn't find a book that was doing it. Yeah, because they they weren't. They Cir- Circa let, does it, but it's like minus one thirty. And so mm. I, I I I I texted Jeffrey Benson over there. I was like, you, you know, your teasers are minus one thirty, and he said something along the lines of, "Get used to it, Fez." <laughs> it's a, Fez, has, mean, his, for Fez the regular has his season own, Fez too. has his own prices yeah. on the app. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Fez tax. I, I actually, I'm, 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 I'm going to give Circa accolades because they, I was on a panel and they bought me dinner, and so they did a really nice job bumping up my comp. But um, they have you get different comp rates depending upon how you're rated as a player. So I've been betting like a bajillion over there, and I have just enough to take you two guys out with me to Barry's one night. But that's it. Let's go. I'll take Let's it. Let's go. That works for me. Don't now, tell my wife. Now, here, this is what we got to do, though. Since there's three of us, or four, there's four of us, we order four different cuts, and we share them all. I don't like that. Wait, how do you eat your steak? Everyone eats it medium rare. No. I eat mine medium rare. Mackenzie, how do you eat your steak? Medium rare. You, 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 AJ probably likes it bloody. No, yeah. AJ yeah. doesn't like it. Steak blue. He doesn't like it rare. He likes it raw. He's I like. Yeah, I wants to take it any leftover. AJ, home he can AJ throw just on wants it. to stick a fork in the cow. Yeah, you guys <laughs> can share. I, I'll be fine with my blood. So then we get meat. one rib cap. We get one fillet. <laughs> one strip. Like we, we you got to get all the different cuts and try them all. That's how you do it. After Paris. after guys after I win my third. Um, South Point contest. No, not South Point doesn't have a contest anymore, and I, they wouldn't let me. They play. wouldn't let you in anymore. Yeah, the third Westgate contest. I'm I'm taking you boys down there, and we will get four steaks, the three of us, and what, we will eat and not pay. What is the uh, what, what's your what's your favorite cut of steak, Scott? Oof. What's your preference? I mean, it's it sounds it sounds uh, um, like not sharp. Like I'm. Uh, it, it sounds. Too cliche, but okay. I like a good fillet. Oh God, that's a woman's cut. I mean, it's square. As you like a it's fillet, sa- bone and sa- ribeye, bone and well, that's a man cut. What Listen, about you, it Mac? Square, but it's delicious. Hamburger, hamburger. Oh, okay. <laughs> that one I didn't see coming. But the wagyu, the real wagyu beef, is the best. Yeah. Oh, that's unreal. Yeah. But yeah, fillet mignon, Scott. It's it sounds square, but it it's, is. It's a lady cut. It's delicious. It, it's like uh, eating a pate. You know what you're going to get. You know what? If you, I, I want you guys to go down to El Cortez, okay, and go Power to Seagulls. They do have a good single deck game. Go to Seagulls and get the prime rib down there. It is exceptional. Some of the best in the city. Uh, they don't advertise. It's not on the menu. Sixteen ninety five. 
really good. Okay. Yeah. I would get one of those like giant tomahawks though, and then that's split the it. You know, because you get all because you get all the pieces in there. They do have a thirty-two ounce. Yeah. So they have a king's cut. Split it. There you go. Where you, know, you drip it down on the table. You know, like the old stuff. damn yeah. thing. Uh, all right, let's look, take a look at the last game, and I'm curious, Fez, about this one. How did books handle this? Did they just consider it final? Green Bay, New England was minus one and a half. Uh, it, it went the opposite way, I guess. It uh, went to three. Or sorry, one and a half went to three, three, then went back to two. So double mover. So, yes. And then it gets canceled in the fourth quarter. This one hurt my feelings. In fact, I, this, I gave this out as the best bet because it was below 37. Was I played it, over 36 and a half, right? Was this like to the uh, uh, like a book's discretion thing, or were all bets canceled on this? All bets are canceled. Pretty much Vegas rules are standard. I call it the Wisconsin rule. So 20 years ago... A group of um, pretty much everyone from the state of Wisconsin came out and laid 20 whiskey. I don't know what exactly the spread was. Uh, and whiskey clobbered um, UNLV. And then a transformer blew with six and a half minutes left. They all went back, celebrated the victory, went to catch their tickets, and uh, realized they were just being given back their money. No winnings because a game has to go 55 minutes for it to be an official result. The most common time we see this rule invoked is the dreaded running clock and they shorten the quarters to 12 minutes each in the third and fourth quarter. This is why there's a 55 you – know, when they have this 55-minute rule, if they shorten the quarters, uh-oh, that shaves off six minutes from the time. And it kind of makes sense if, they, if they're going to you know, shorten the game by that much. You didn't play enough for there to be if, – if, if it's 58 minutes, you could argue, hey, we almost finished the game. You know, go ahead and thunderstorm in the final couple minutes. All right, pay out everyone. But if it's not 55 minutes, even though this game was already at 38 points and the over had already cashed, it's a refund, refund on sides, totals, teasers, everything, refund. And that's why it hurts your feelings. Yes, because I, I had the over, oh. and I actually bet New England also. So I got two losers taken away from me. Um, and I saw the – and I was such a square ball. I, I saw – I was looking at my screen. I was like, there's 10 minutes left. And I saw, oh, it's a final. I'm like, ah! They they weren't updating it. I won. Do you think this was the this was some sort of Kevin Costner conspiracy? A kid getting hurt? No, like the sports books were going to take such a massive hit on this game that that they told totally the turned the lights off. Oh, See, they, oh, oh, what they went back ca- to Wisconsin? In case, yes. In case you don't know what I'm talking about, there's an old theory uh, about having to do with Kevin Costner and Cal Ripken Jr. and when the streak was in jeopardy because oh. of a certain incident that occurred alleged with. Costner, that uh, Baltimore, they turned the lights out so that there was no game and Cal Ripken can keep the streak alive. I, I, I see. Um, I actually firmly believe that there probably was shenanigans. What are the odds that the Transformer – I don't think that Transformer would have blown had Wisconsin been trailing in the fourth quarter. Cut the lights now. Cut the lights now. <laughs> Go to commercial. Either that or it's just like one guy that had like, I don't know, 20 G's on the game is sitting outside the stadium with an axe. Think, well, think about think about how good it could be if you bet if you bet a million on something and you had the ability, you know, to to. to I mean, we all saw Die Hard. You know, it's like the, the you know when they they said you got to you got to lose the power. It's like no, they got to do it downtown. And the other guy's like, no, we got it right here, Walt. We just unplug <laughs> right here. We got it. Is there anything in uh, week three you're looking forward to? Too early. Um, I. Wanted to disclose Aaron Rodgers playing for the Jets. Week three, I, I did see the Jets all the way up to five against the Giants, and and it seemed like that that's always a close game. You know that so that surprised me. The um, week th- three, the last week of preseason, I never bet nearly the same volume. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's not profitable and the information's not good, but um, college football is here, and so I you can't be in all places at all times. I'm having a great baseball season. Um, I'm still betting the WNBA. I, I, I'm just pulled in too many different directions. So I just can't. At some point, I'm like, well, you know, maybe I can win a few bets this week, but it's not going to carry over because it's all going to be third string quarterbacks and determining, you know, who's going to, what's going to cover in the hitman. Buy the hitman. You want to win this week? <laughs> go buy the hitman for the week and get his stuff and be ready to bet it right when he releases. Don't bitch to me like, oh, I got an hour later and now I got to lay one instead of you know, taking plus three. 
well, then don't buy them. You know, only buy them if you're like a government worker and you're just sitting, hitting, you know, waiting for him to send the alert that the play's coming and the email's going to come and you got to bet. So I will say this. The Giants will probably the play here against the Jets because this number is going to get higher. First off, the information that Aaron Rodgers is playing, you know he's not going to play more than a couple of snaps, a couple of series. But also, because of Aaron Rodgers playing and because of the hype around the Jets with hard knocks, this game has been shifted to be the national game on NFL Network. So it's the Giants broadcast. It's Bob Papa. It's Carl Banks. They're doing the game on NBC4 in New York. But the NFL Network is going to take the feed and publish the game nationally because Aaron Rodgers. This was not supposed to be a national game. But because Rodgers is starting, they are making this the NFL Network featured game, which means you're going to get more public attention on it, more people betting it, pushing the Jets up. We've got one more thing to do. I'm going to let you get us out of here in a minute, Fez. But first, I want to go to our guy, our pregame.com golf expert, Will Doctor, has a best bet for uh, this weekend's tour championship. Now, we talked about this uh, on SOVAM with him, uh, Scott, and the tour championship is unique because basically there's like however well you've done this season, you get to start with a, a a lead of X amount of strokes. Oh, this is the most complicated tournament ever. It is so complicated. Mm-hmm. But there's also a bet. The betting market is it, there's two ways. You can bet with the strokes, or you can bet without the strokes. So and that's Scotty Sheffer's what, what what 18 stroke lead on everybody he's, or I think something. He's 11 stroke lead. <laughs> uh, but Will was saying that because I thought I wouldn't want to bet anybody without strokes that didn't have a chance to win the tournament. But he made a really good point. This is the only tournament all year long where the guy who gets 10th place will make a million dollars. Everybody in the top 10 makes a million dollars. So no matter where you're at, you can probably work your way to top 10. So he he said there would be some value if you play without the strokes. So, uh, But uh, he did have a best bet for us here. So let's listen to Will Doctor here now. Hey everyone, this is Will Doctor, golf expert on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. And my best bet for the Tour Championship is going to be Xander Schauffele to top five at plus 320 on FanDuel. And Xander will begin this week two shots back of fifth place and seven shots back of the lead. I've preached this over and over again on, on RJ Bell's Dream Preview through the year. There isn't a better player on tour this year without a win than Xander Schauffele. I mean, in in 22 total events this season, uh, he's barely finished outside of 20th in any of them. You aren't going to find a player who's been as consistent as Xander Schauffele, and it it really is a shocker. He hasn't won, uh, but his good play has been a product of just all-around consistency throughout his game. He's top 50 in strokes gained driving on the year. He's fifth on tour in iron play, and Xander clocks in at fourth on the PGA Tour and putting, heading into Eastlake. And Xander's resume at the Tour Championship complements his recent play very well. Uh, in six total trips to Eastlake, Xander has a win and four top five finishes um, in six total starts. Behind Roy McIlroy, this is the most dominant player in the field uh, when it comes to a 72-hole battle at Eastlake. So my best bet for the Tour Championship is Xander Schauffele to top five at plus 320. Over on FanDuel. So there you go. It's uh, Xander, top 10 for Will Doctor. All right, Fez, that's going to do it. There's only uh, one thing left to do here. Hey, hey, it's football season. Be careful out there. Mm-hmm.